Welcome into the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Sunday, December the 6th, 2020. It has been a very busy day in UK athletics. Uh, starting out earlier today when the announcement came that UK football coach Mark Stoops had relieved offensive coordinator Eddie Grant and quarterbacks coach Darren Henshaw of their duties. So Kentucky is now in the market for a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Mark met with the media at the middle of the afternoon. Uh, he didn't really, he talked about it, what a difficult decision it was to let Eddie Grant go, that it considers Eddie and Darren both friends, uh, that they had done a lot of great things here, but it was just time to move in a different direction. Uh, he didn't really get marked, did not give really any indication in which way he's going to be headed as far as looking for a new offensive coordinator, but said he would begin immediately uh, uh, on doing that. Uh, and then after that, tonight, Kentucky basketball, Kentucky men's basketball lost to Georgia Tech 79-62, to a stunner. Uh, maybe not so much the uh, outcome, although Kentucky was favored to win, but the fact that they lost 17 by 17 points to a Georgia Tech team uh, that had started the season the 0-2. Um, so a lot, Kentucky, 21 turnovers in that game. A lot went wrong. Uh, John Calipari said after the game, he has a lot of work to do. Um, so my guest is, um, my usual Sunday night guest, Mark Story, my fellow sports columnist at the Herald Leader. We're going to talk about all that. We're even going to talk about some UK women's news, which happened to be some good news today. Uh, so we'll talk about that, about that as well. So let's get right to it. My conversation with Mark Story of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast is uh, my usual uh, Sunday night, Monday morning guest, uh, my friend, colleague, and fellow sports columnist of the Herald Leader, Mark Story. It's been an interesting Sunday, Mark, wouldn't you say? It has. It's been a busy, uh, a busy day. A lot, <laughs> lot of, a uh, lot of uh, unusual things happening, and, and and that doesn't even get to the the UK women's basketball yeah. team with its third head coach rallying. <laughs> from double digits down in the fourth quarter to beat a very good Indiana team. That's right. That's right. Uh, Kyra Elsie could not coach. She, she, because of illness, right. But a non COVID related illness, correct? That is correct. That's what they're There's saying Naya, anyway. Nia Butts, uh, former Arizona head coach. I guess it's a good thing to always have a former head coach on your bench. She stepped in and the, the cats, uh, they rallied against a really good Indiana team and uh, pulled it out. Well, that's yeah, okay. That's a saving grace on this uh, Sunday. Okay, we're going to start in chronological order and what happened uh, today first, which was the announcement that uh, Mark Stoops has parted ways with his offensive friend and offensive coordinator, uh, Eddie Grant, and the quarterback's coach, Darren Henshaw. Uh, were, you surprised, were you surprised by this move? I Well, I was not today because I started hearing it was going to happen yesterday. But if you'd asked me at the start of the week, I would have been. Yeah, I just, you know, I just, you know, Mark and Eddie had always seemed to be, you know, close personally. And, you know, he'd always insisted they were on the same page. So, yeah, I am. I am a little surprised. Uh, Do you I mean, um, I mean, good move, bad move or or is it, it? too soon to tell well i think there i mean i think there's risk i mean you know mark before eddie grant and darren henshaw came to kentucky mark was 12 and 24 as the kentucky head coach and since they've been here he's what 36 and 26 so you know he's he's you know he's given up on guys that you know they have won football games here right you know i i can't help but think just the fact that you know what they had to do last year when they just had to you know with no 
viable quarterback when they had to move Lynn Bowden to quarterback and they wound up wound up, you know, sort of like a, a military school running the running the option, which right. worked. I mean, they, it, it worked. But, you know, it seemed like, you know, which Mark actually said today in the press conference that it seemed to sort of carry over into this year. And they just never could get the offense balanced and get any kind of viable passing, consistent passing attack going. And, and I have to wonder if it had that hadn't started to hurt them in recruiting. And they just he, he kind of felt like if he didn't do something, it, they were going to not be able to recruit the kind of offensive players they need to, uh, to to be a factor in the SEC. Yeah, and I think we talked about this before. I mean, they lost a uh, commitment from a kid in Ohio, correct? A wide receiver. They did. Who was supposed to be a pretty good recruit. There's some other recruits. On uh, the other commitments on this current team, offensive commits with which are pretty highly regarded. They've got a, a kid in Bo Allen, a freshman on this year's team who uh, was highly regarded and who the coaches have basically raved about, especially early on uh, during practice. Plus, there are some other uh, uh, some upcoming recruits inside the state, and you you know more about this than I do. You follow this more closely than I do uh, in the state that are going to that are offensive guys, correct? There's, um, you know, Gavin Wimsat, the quarterback at Owensboro, who's a junior, is going to be, you know, the most recruited or the most highly ranked quarterback to come out of our state in the 21st century. And, you know, is going to be a player they're going to have to recruit against the biggest of the big schools to try to get. There's really good wide receivers, you know, in Lexington at, at Frederick Douglass. And, you know, they've got three, you know, pretty well-regarded wide receivers in the current recruiting class committed, even after having lost Armin Scott, the player from Ohio you referenced. And, you know, the other thing that is interesting about this, it's not just recruiting. If this, you know, transfer rule goes in where everybody's got a free move, you're going to have to, it's going to be retaining. You know, they may have been afraid they weren't going to be able to keep, you know, keep the, the, the promising young players they have. So I just think the combination of those, you know, probably, uh, and I, you know, I think that probably played a big role in sort of uh, pushing us to where, where he made the decision he made. Yeah, and and we've talked about this before, and you've written about this uh, extensively. For whatever you know, before Eddie, Eddie and Darren, they were a package deal when they came here. Uh, before they got here at Cincinnati, I mean, they they threw the ball at Cincinnati. Cincinnati had an offense that was ranked, I think, in the top ten either the last year Eddie was there or next to last year nationally in total yards. It was not a grinded out offense. It was a pretty much a wide open attack. But for some reason, they just were never able to develop a consistent passing game at Kentucky. Uh, and, I mean, can we put our finger on why that just never happened? I think some of it was injuries. You know, I think, you know, in Cincinnati, yeah, they threw it all over the place. Right. In fact, when they were hired, I remember looking at the stats, and the, the thing that worried me was they their quarterbacks had thrown a ton of interceptions. And, you know, my fear was, you know, that maybe they were a little careless or reckless and just, you know, systematically. And, you know, I think, you know, Drew Barker got hurt. You know, I think yeah. they had sort of geared up to throw it around. You know, Steven Johnson, when he got in, he threw the deep ball very effectively. 
And I thought, you know, Steven got better. I thought he improved. And you go back to the first five games of his senior year, I thought he played really well at quarterback. But then he got hurt in that Eastern Michigan game, the game where, um, John, you know, where John Schlarman was so upset afterward about the offensive line performance when EMU you know, had all those tackles for loss and I think five quarterback sacks. And Steven wasn't the same. So the, there was a quarterback, you know, that was the second quarterback injury. Then when, you know, Terry Wilson came in, you know, was you know thrust into a first-year starter on a team with Benny Snell to run the ball and a really good defense. And I think in that case, Mark, you know, I think they just decided that their best bet was you know to to let Benny control the clock and play. You know, they had such a good defense, and he didn't want to take a lot of risk at quarterback. And then you know the next year, I think they would have opened it up with Terry, and he he too got hurt against Eastern Michigan. So I think a lot of it was just bad luck in terms of quarterback injuries. No, yeah, I think I think that's yeah, I think that's probably true, uh, and I think that maybe sometimes you know that thing kind of builds on itself. I mean, Mark's recipe and it's been successful is to play. You know, he wants a physical offense with a strong running game to go along with a tough defense. And but for whatever reason, especially against I think the really good defenses who could really clamp down on the run, uh, you know, they just you know, and he didn't have a passing game to fall back on to try to balance the offense out. I, I will say, and I think you would agree with me on this. You know, I, ha- I hate to see Eddie go from the standpoint that he was r- good to deal with from the media. He was always professional. He always gave the credit to the kids. He always took the blame on himself. Uh, just from a media standpoint, uh, you know, you hate to see, uh, and I know Mark uh, talked about it today. I mean, he's friends with Eddie. I don't think, I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks Mark wanted to do this. He just felt like this was what he needed to do uh, for the program. Yeah. that You know, Eddie and Darren Henshaw both, I mean, they're, they're pros. I mean, they, they were just, you know, at, you know, SEC caliber coaches. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if Kentucky winds up with an offensive coordinator more accomplished than the one they're parting with. Yeah. Well, well okay. Let's move on to that. Uh, of course, so nobody knows for sure. Mark certainly didn't give any uh, thing away today in his Zoom conference with the media about which direction he's headed. Uh, what, what's your guess about where he might be headed or what he might be looking for? Well, you know, the thing he said, which, you know, I thought rang true was he just wants to be balanced. And, you know, he, 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 you know, said he was not sure it's realistic to go from a team that, you know, runs the ball, you know, as effectively and as often as they do now to, you know, the opposite extreme. The thing that I've always, that I've been interested about, you know, this year, especially was you would think as well as they run it, that they could have gotten some kind of play action game going. Right. And, and they just really couldn't. But yeah, I you know I I think you know they need to be balanced. You know I I think that will you know sort of guide him. Now I do think it'll be interesting. You know when you come up with a list of people that have past ties to Mark Stoops or have ties to the Stoops coaching tree, you tend to get a lot of air raid guys just because you know that's Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. You know often used air raid you know offensive coordinators. You know, Mark, you know, his first two offensive coordinators here were Neil Brown and Shannon Dawson were both air raid guys. And one sort of had the feeling by the time that was over that Mark really didn't want to run the air raid anymore. Right. So yeah, Shannon only lasted one year. <laughs> right. And it, so it kind of interests me, you know, a lot of the, the names that are kind of linked with, you know, the Stoops coaching tree that might realistically be, you know, available to Kentucky are out of that air raid school. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of names uh, being thrown around, uh, like you say, out of the air raid school or with Mark Connections, uh, Kale Gundy at uh, Oklahoma. Of course, uh, several coaches, I guess, there at Oklahoma because of connections with Bob Stoop and so forth been thrown around. Uh, the guy at uh, uh, North Carolina State, uh, Tim Beck, who's a Youngstown guy, his name's been thrown around. Uh but he could go in a different direction. I thought it was interesting. He was asked today about, you know, the, he went into the pro ranks and got Brad White as his outside linebackers coach. And a year later, when Matt House left, he promoted Brad White to defensive coordinator. He was asked today, could he look, was the NFL an option? Could he look to the NFL? And he said, yes, that was an option. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which way he goes. It's going to be interesting to see. Also, he's got, you know, he's now got three openings on his offensive staff, an offensive coordinator, a quarterback's coach and an offensive line coach. Now, there's a lot of talk about the guy at South Carolina, the offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, because he's from Youngstown, That uh, and they posted the job opening for the offensive line coach last week. But then when uh, Mark was asked about today, he, ba- he didn't he kind of say he would leave that up to the disc- discretion of the new offensive coordinator, or at least get input from the new offensive coordinator. Well, he sort of, as, as I, I, he sort of said, I like to do that. Yeah, which, that's right. So, you know, that, which is not quite saying that's what I'm going to do. Right. Right. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, of course, you know, how it all plays out. This is the, the I guess this is the, uh, well, I don't know if you could count Neil Brown as the, first time but it's at least the second time we've gone through this with an offensive coordinator uh higher you know under mark stoops and of course i think the fans think that there's a lot of how much is stoops holding the offense back and they'd be wide open but he wants them to run the ball i thought he got a little defensive today when he was sort of asked about that what did you think yeah that i think yeah, that was i think i was the asker yeah. <laughs> you, and, you made him you put him on the spot yeah and made him I, yeah but yeah, he did. He did, and that really wasn't what I was getting at. But it was. Uh, but yeah, he did. He seemed, you know, he he went out of his way to indicate how little yeah. he's involved in the the offense. He almost sounded like he and, wanted to have more time to be offense, but he just doesn't have the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think balance is what you need. I mean, I, I, right. you know, I used to be of this thought that Kentucky needed a gimmick. You know that you needed to, you know, to be in an air raid team or a run and shoot team. But subsequent facts have changed my mind. The only two really good Kentucky football teams in my lifetime, Fran Kersey's ten and one team in '77, and the Benny Snell Josh Allen team, you know, two years ago, were both defensive oriented and ran the football. So you know, I think I think you need to I think you need to be balanced. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And yeah, I think if anything, Mark and Eddie kind of proved something that I'm not sure you could prove that you could build a physical run oriented team here. Uh, the problem was, can you sustain that? Right. <laughs> Which is probably uh, anything else about football before we move on to basketball? Well, it's just, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, with obviously with, you know, the passing of John Schlarman and you know, with Dean Hood leaving to go to Murray State and now, you know, parting ways with, you know, Eddie Grant and Darren Henshaw, guys that have sort of been the staple of, you know, the program, you know, obviously, you know, Vince Marrow is still with him and you know, Steve Klinkscale has been an important figure, but, you know, it really is a, 
really is a period of transition in his program. Yeah, when there hasn't been a whole lot of transition there for a while. He's been continuity. I mean, not every year. They don't keep – I don't think any staff keeps everybody every year anymore. But there hasn't been a whole lot of turnover, at least not wholesale turnover. But especially over the last couple of years, we lost a couple of guys on defense with, uh, as you mentioned, Dean Hood. And uh, they lost the defensive line coach to Arkansas, had to replace – so and Matt House before that. So, yeah, they've been hit here by the staff turnover bug, you know, as well. It's going to be a different-looking staff next year. Yeah, it really is. That's for sure. Okay, let's move to uh, basketball, where uh, con- just earlier tonight, Kentucky lost uh, and lost by 17 points to a winless Georgia Tech team down in Atlanta. Kentucky's now 1-3 on the season. Uh, or I don't – I you know, Georgia Tech had a veteran team. I thought they're, I thought Kentucky would win tonight. Uh, I am i don't know that I would be – say I would be terribly shocked if you told me that it was a close game and Tech won because it's early in the year. But to get beat the way they got beat, I'm pretty flabbergasted by that. What about you? You mean the Georgia Tech team that lost to Georgia State and Mercer <laughs> and then blew Kentucky out of the gym? That, that surprised that's, you? That's the one. I don't know why, but that sort of surprised me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they, um, I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, we're four games in, you know, these one and done era teams, they often start slow and usually they figure it out. But with that disclaimer, man, they look bad. (laughs) They sure did. 21 turnovers. Uh, Georgia Tech shot over 60% in the second half. They had 33 points off turnovers. Uh, You know, this, this has been a high turnover team through four games. John Calpari's had some high turnover teams early on, but they just look totally disjointed uh, to me. Uh, I mean, how do you fix that? Well, I mean, I, I feel bad for Devin Askew, who reclassified and you know, could be a high school senior. You know, I feel like, you know, he's sort of been put in a, a role that is really difficult for a young player. I'm not sure whether athletically he's, you know, so supremely gifted that he can overcome his lack of experience. I, I part of me thinks he needs to just not that Davian Mintz has played great either, but he is an experienced guard. You know, they've got to get something figured out at point guard. I think if they could do that, then maybe they could sort of advance to how they want to play offensively and how they want to distribute the shots and that kind of thing. It's just right now there, I mean, there's just, they're, I mean, I, if you could, if you have figured out what they want to do offensively, I, I mean, you're, you're ahead of me. And <laughs> you're way ahead of me. Yeah. And, and you may be ahead of them because I yeah. just, they don't act like they have any, you know, any conceptual idea of how they want to play. I had to question, and some of it maybe just because they're confused and down, but I had to question some of their effort tonight. Uh, there just seemed to be some plays, especially on defense or whatever, where, I mean, guys are just driving right around them and going to the hole. That may be a problem with defensive technique, but I didn't see a whole lot of fight in them tonight. Uh, maybe that's just me. No, I don't. I think that's true. I I, would, I noticed it on some 50-50 balls, and uh-huh. and while Kentucky did, I think win the rebounding, there were some rebounds where I just thought Tech was you know the more aggressive team, and and but and some of that though just maybe being discouraged, right. and, you know, not having confidence, and and and. and and you know that's the kind of thing that you know can sort of seep in if when you when you're you've lost faith in in kind of what you're doing. Yeah, no, no, I I think that's true. You kind of hang your head and you know get discouraged, and next thing you know, guy, you know, the guy's getting a rebound over you or taking the ball away from you. Uh, but no, I think you're right. I mean, I think it goes back. He's got to figure out about point guard. Uh, you know, 
I thought, I think I've said this before on the podcast, I thought coming in that Davion Mintz would be the point guard. Askew would back him up because Mintz was a more experienced player. And then, you know, maybe Askew would overtake him sometime during the season. But uh, apparently Cal, there's something in Askew that Cal likes enough to make him start off with him as the point guard. But you wonder how how much longer that's going to last. Yeah, it's and and part of me wonders if they're not going to wind up having to try Terrence Clark at the point. Yeah, that could be. That could be. I mean, I guess if there were bright spots tonight, I thought Clark offensively was a bright spot, and Boston hit some threes, which I thought, you know, they shot the ball much better. Yeah, they hit some threes, and Clark and Boston, who had been 0 for the season on three-pointers, Terrence was 3 of 4, and Brandon was 3 of 7, and that that at least was, was something. Yeah, that's right. We got to hang our hats on something after four games. Uh, and Cal says, "Oh, we've been through this before, but they haven't really been through it quite like this. This is the first time, as uh, Ben Roberts uh, posted, this first time they've been one in three since we have to go all the way back to the Crispin brothers at Penn State on Tubby's team, which I think was uh, was that two thousand two thousand one, I believe, where they started is, one in three. That is correct. But even that was a much better one in three than this." Because yeah. they lost like a one-point game, and then they lost in, in overtime to St. John's in New York, and then they right. lost in overtime to UCLA right. in New York, and then you know the the Penn State thing was a bad loss. Yeah. That's <laughs> when that, the Christmas that, brothers hit all right. kinds of shots. But that team, the you know, the encouraging that that team, you know, somewhat righted itself and wound up winning the sharing the SEC regular season championship, winning the SEC tournament, and going to the round of sixteen. You know, so at least yeah, do the, you know, remember what happened when the round of 16? Well, I was in the Charlotte airport for like 18 hours on the day that Louisville hired Rick Patino as that its the new day, coach. Now that was the and, day before, right? That's correct. Okay. And then the day, the day after Kentucky played all out of sorts and lost right. to Southern Cal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that uh, weekend or what, I guess that would have been a Thursday or Friday night. I yeah. don't remember it came. Yeah. Where the word got out that Patino was going to take the job because until then it looked like Patino was going to take the Michigan job. That was the, but then the word got out that Patino was going to take the job. And here we were around the Kentucky camp and it was like, uh, you know, it was, it was quite the talk, <laughs> quite the talk. And then I remember uh, the one thing I also remember when losing to Southern Cal, we were sitting side by side, and they didn't they get off to a terrible start in that game, if I remember correctly. And I, I remember you turning to me and saying, "I can't believe how bad they're playing." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really believe it either because I didn't think that Southern Cal team was all that good. I thought they should have beaten that Southern Cal team. Uh, who would they have played in the regional final? I don't even remember. It would have been Duke. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That was the other. That another... was the other thing. There it was going to be a Kentucky Duke rematch. Yeah. Right in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. That's right. I forgot. I for, almost I forgot about that. I forgot about that part. But I do distinctly remember you turning to me and go, I can't believe how bad they're playing. And I think a lot of Kentucky fans watching tonight probably turned to whoever was in the room with them saying, I can't believe how bad they're playing. So, uh, but we'll see. They don't play again until uh, – uh, here's another thing. They don't play again until Saturday, right? They play Notre Dame. Right. Notre Dame is not supposed to be very good. There's not a real good Mike Bray team. After that, they play – I think they're playing Detroit Mercy – uh, Michigan State's playing Detroit Mercy. Um, no, I think Notre Dame's playing Detroit Mercy. Even as yeah, we they were playing this. tonight. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I, Did they I play? Accident- a- oh, go ahead. No, I, I just I accidentally watched a bit of that game via streaming. Oh, okay, <laughs> and then then they played Detroit Mercy, who took gave Michigan State fits. 
Um, so that may not be the bunny that we maybe thought it was going to be before the season started. Well, at the, the, the rate they're playing, I'm not sure. <laughs> Anybody's a bunny. Is that what right, you're saying? <laughs> right. That could be. No, you're probably right. Okay. Uh, anything else about basketball or anything uh, else on your mind before we wrap this up on what's been a very no. busy Sunday? I think we've covered it. It's okay. uh, as as we started out saying it's been it's been an interesting day. But the UK women and uh, uh, so this is the, so they've had. Can we say well before the season they, that they've had three head coaches this year? They have. I mean, obviously Matthew Mitchell didn't actually coach in a game, but he started. He opened when can't you know practice opened he was the head coach so yeah they've they've they're four games in and have had three different head coaches that that was but a good they, win today right indiana's oh, yeah. supposed to be a pretty good team right indiana's the big has, is the big 10 favorite kentucky was ranked 11th and indiana 13th wow. and um it was interesting indiana's best player in that game today was uh, grace berger who's from kentucky from oh, really? played sacred heart and I think she scored all their points in the fourth quarter. And uh, Kentucky, you know, was behind the whole game. And then uh, Dreyuna Edwards, who had not not had a great game the first three quarters, really turned it on in the fourth quarter. Wow. And and and, and Ryan Howard uh, played more like Ryan Howard. And, wow. Uh, it, it was, yeah, that was a good win for Kentucky. Wow. Well, congrats to uh, uh, to the UK women. And uh, as we'll have plenty of coverage, even though there's not a game until Saturday, I'm sure there's going to be a lot going on this week. Uh, there'll be all kinds of uh, speculation and hopefully some news about the offensive coordinator uh, spot and uh, for football. And there'll be a week of trying to figure out what's wrong with the basketball team and how John Calipari can get this ship uh, righted. So be sure and follow uh, Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Be sure and check out all of his work on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. And as always, thanks, Mark, for being on the podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Thanks, as always, to Mark Story for being on the podcast. Follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Uh, read his columns this week on uh, Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. Uh, we have plenty of coverage, UK football and UK basketball coverage all week, so be sure and check us out there. I want to thank everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Remember, you can get a digital subscription, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com a sports pass for just $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK coverage. That includes UK basketball with Jerry Tipton, UK football with Josh Moore, UK recruiting with Ben Roberts, high schools with Jared Peck. You get all of our coverage, $30 for the first year. To go to Kentucky.com, hit that uh, subscribe button and check that out. And thanks again to everybody who supports our work. Thanks again to everybody who listens to the podcast and support the podcast. You can support the podcast by leaving a rating and review uh, on wherever you get the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and uh, iHeartRadio Podcasts. So we appreciate everybody who's been listening to these. We really do uh, we really do appreciate that? And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV, or you can drop me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Even though there's not a game this week, uh, at least until Saturday, uh, we will have at least one, maybe two more podcasts this week. So be sure and look for them, especially if there's breaking news going on with UK football. We'll be sure and uh, step in with a podcast or two uh, uh, about that as well. So again. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. And thanks again.
We'll be talking to you again soon.